Ray Kelly. Ray, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Great to be with you. My my head is swelling. Thank <laughs> you so much. I mean it, though. <laughs> it it is true. It is true. And I have to tell you, after the uh, Israelis were attacked on Saturday, and I get stopped every day, Ray, they're like, hey, man, Sid, are we next? Are we next? I, I hear that, I don't know, Ray, ten times a day, and... You know, often I have to quote you, to be honest. And, well, Hamas is here, and, and Ray Kelly worked on uh, on all of that. So I know that, for example, you had the counterterrorism NYPD unit. And they had about 1,000 cops. And I had the mayor on, Eric Adams, on Wednesday. And he said, it still exists, but we've kind of reallocated them. It didn't sound like they were as intact as the unit that you had. Do you believe they're intact? And if they're not... How much do we need them on a day like today? Well, they're hurting. They, they're losing cops, certainly more than they can hire to to replace them. So they're going to have to get those uh, offices to get in the radio cars to answer those 911 calls. they got to get them from someplace. They, they're having great difficulty still in hiring uh, the replacement for the cops that are basically hemorrhaging, leaving the department still in great numbers. I thought that the contract, with the PVA would would quiet that down. Apparently, it has not. Cops are are still living, and that's a real problem. So, yeah, he he had to had to reallocate, and I understand that. You know, we 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 don't have thirty five, uh, thirty four, thirty six thousand, whatever number it is now. Uh, it's much less than that because there's the, we don't have the true number. Quite yeah. frankly, a head count. So it's a yeah. it, it, it's a time of great strain. They're spending a lot of overtime. Uh, there they have cops in the, certainly in the poorer areas of the city. Uh, cut down on shootings. They have been the subway on overtime. So this this stress pretty thin. And I understand that he he does have to reallocate. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, the, the total number of cops is probably closer to thirty one thousand than thirty six, which is a big difference, a huge difference in that number. So I'll ask you flat out, Ray Kelly, you dealt with Hamas. You've dealt with these hate groups before, getting all the way back to 9-11. Yes or no, Ray Kelly, do you think those people are here, ready to inflict damage, maybe not today, but at some point? Well, I think that has to be the planning assumption. Uh, we know certainly that Hamas supporters are here. This is still the capital of the world. We have the U.N. here. We have the international traffic that comes through New York. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we have to uh, think about every day, that uh, they're here, they want to hurt us, they want to kill us. And, uh, you know, as the mayor said, you know, you got to worry about lone wolf, and, and that's true. But it's it's a dangerous time in a, in a, a dangerous world, and New York is still number one target. It's no. the capital of the world. They want to come here. Yeah, and there's more Jewish. There's more Jewish people here than any other state in the country. I mean, you know, I actually spoke to the police commissioner now, Eddie Caban, who's a very sweet. I happen to like Eddie. He ain't you, yeah, and uh, he was very willing and able to provide me with a police detail because he was worried. I'm a Jewish guy with a big voice in this city, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think they agree with you. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because Curtis Sliwa, of course, loves you and passes me a lot of information. Did you or did you not assign NYPD cops to outposts throughout the Middle East? Because that's brilliant. And why wouldn't the MB, uh, NYPD still do something like that? Well, they do. They they still have it in place. Yes, uh, we had them in the 
the UAE, we had them in, uh, oh, I had them in 12, 12 cities. I know now, I just read in the paper that they're looking to put somebody in Colombia. I don't know if that's good or not, but they, they still have uh, the program. But what they acted as is sort of listing posts or tripwires for us. Now, we learned from them. You know, we had cops in, and still have them, I hope, in, uh, in Paris, in London, in, in Madrid in Toronto, in Montreal. Uh, and and because of the size and diversity of the NYPD, most of those cops are either born there or have relatives there. Uh, you know, the, the officer that we had in Paris, born in Paris. Uh, same thing in, in, as far as Madrid. So, and, and we used to pride ourselves on knowing the dialects of, of a lot of places, of a lot of countries. For instance, in the you know, Egypt, there's a, there's a lot of different uh, dialects. But we had people who understood the, the, the languages, those dialects. We, we used to say that we had people who know the back streets of Karachi. Mm. We had, when I was there, we had cops born in 106 countries. No other police department in the world could come anywhere close, close to that. So it, it gave us tremendous diversity and, and certainly uh, the ability to, I think, monitor uh, more closely some of the, the people that we were concerned about here in, in New York. But your gut tells you that uh, right now the police force still has, they're still doing a lot of that, yes? Yes. yes. Okay, uh, good. Rebecca right. Wiener, who yeah. I uh, recruited on up to Harvard and, and recruited her, she's now in charge of operations there. I think she's committed to keeping that, that, that program in place. It's very, yeah. very... Uh, helpful, very, very useful. We get a lot of information, two-way flow of information. Ray Kelly, the uh, greatest police commissioner ever, and by the way, a very nice guy, and the dad of uh, Ray Kelly, who does a great job here every day, one to three. Today is the Muslim Day of Prayer, you know, that Friday, Jim. The NYPD, I know you guys used to have undercover Arab-speaking cops in the congregation. They would listen. They would sit there just to make sure there were no threats of terrorism, especially a day like today, not just a day of prayer, but as you know, Ray, Hamas has called for this to be the Global Jihad Day, uh, not just in Israel, but all over the world. Uh, Eric Adams, I believe, is on record saying that was a bad strategy. Why would he say that? What was a bad strategy? Having uh, police officers sit in these Arab-speaking congregation houses of prayer to actually find out what these people are talking about and if, in fact, uh, they're threatening us again. Oh, gee, well, I mean... I think it's a very good strategy. It was an effective strategy. In the 12 years of the Bloomberg administration, we had no successful terrorist attack uh, in New York City, even though we had 16 plots. So we did an awful lot to make certain that happened. And, uh, you know, I think Eric is is being politically uh, correct. The Blasio administration settled so many of these cases, which were, you know, ridiculous and no reason to to do that, but that's you know he's he's trying to stay uh, stay on message with the progressives. I guess. I mean, I got to tell you, Ray. Maybe because I'm Jewish, and I take this a little personal. Not that it doesn't matter to everybody else. I know it does, but I am Jewish. I just don't care about politically correct. I, in fact, I heard your son. He was great. He he uh, did a little report with Bob Brown earlier, and he said, and I agree 100. percent I'm not interested in both sides of the story right now. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean I want innocent Palestinian women and children murdered in the streets. I don't want that. But I'm just not interested in how they feel right now. 
That doesn't make me a bad human being. That makes me, uh, you know, a a caring Jewish male here in New York City. Yes? Yes. You know, a couple of years ago, I did an anti-Semitism examination for the World Jewish Congress and Ron Lawler in Europe. And I was shocked to see how how high the anti-Semitism feelings are in, in Europe, in France in, in particular. And in that study, I also looked at some college campuses here. And I was surprised to find SJP, Students for Justice in Palestine. They have chapters on over 100 colleges in this, in this country. They're very, very active. They, they see their mission in life is to harass all the Jewish students who are in, in the school. And I never hear them mentioned. I never read anything about them. You see those demonstrations at the University of North Carolina, certainly Columbia, NYU. It's SJP that are, that are oh. behind them. And they are... A dangerous group in my in They my are, mind. And, and they're very yeah. prevalent. You're right. Harvard, we've seen this week, even Brooklyn College. And it's uh, it's scary. Listen, Ray, we're only a couple of months removed from that uh, young lady, that animal, that's what she is, delivering that uh, that speech. She was a valedictorian when she went up there and, uh, and obliterated Jews and New Yorkers. And I had Alan Dershowitz on yesterday. He's a brilliant attorney. There's nobody more pro-Israel than Alan. And um, he wants every student to be named. He wants name and shame to go on because, like you said, it's even more prevalent than people think. It's really gross. Right, right. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, putting those names out there was a brilliant uh, idea. And, uh, it, it, you know, if you go to these campuses, you'd be shocked at how hard line these people are and how open they are about it. Mm. Well, you can see some of it now. It's on the news. Yeah, but uh, you know, it is there all the time, and mm. it's, it's quite frankly, it's, it's something that should uh, it should concern us quite a bit. It does. I hope they're being investigated, and in, you know, in the appropriate way. But, uh, I'm concerned about it. 